Yeah. Like Oreos. <laughs> Nathan! Nash! Nash! Nash, I had a dream. Okay. Josh was here and he, we recorded an episode together and he ate my Oreo cookies. Josh has been dead. You killed him, remember? Last year, you fucking strangled him. No, he's not. I can feel his presence. You feel his presence? What kind of Star Wars bullshit are you fucking talking about? We gotta review Ferrari, man. New year, come on. Oh yeah, let's go. Welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast, episode 118. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm joined by the man himself, Matthew Neves, to my left. Thank you, thank you. Today, we are going to be reviewing Michael Mann's latest film, Ferrari. Damn. But first, we got a big announcement. Mm -hmm. Big announcement. We are launching our Patreon page as well as YouTube memberships. Members will get access to an exclusive monthly show called Movie of the Month where Nevj and I are going to pick a random movie we'd like to discuss, and the audience will vote on which movie be, will become the movie of the month. On top of that, members will get early access to our podcast episodes and reaction videos, as well as other member-exclusive perks. If you like what we're doing here at Real Talk and you want to support your boys, Patreon and YouTube memberships is the best place to do it. Hell yeah. New year, new podcast. New year, new t-shirt, new, new podcast. Hey! Shout out to Christian. These are amazing. Happy New Year, everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a way to start off the new year with a Michael Mann movie. Fuck yeah, man. It's been a long time since he's made a film. Uh, yeah. How many years? Uh, Eight years since uh, his last one. So That was the one with... Uh, Black Hat. With, Black, yeah, with, with Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, but Ferrari is a little different. It's not set in uh, modern times. It's, uh, it's a biography on Enzo Ferrari, uh, specifically set during the late 50s, 1957, I believe, uh, yeah. during uh, a moment in Enzo's life where he was financially unstable. Yeah. He was going through uh, marriage problems, and a lot of shit happens in that time frame, and you get to see a little glimpse of his life. Yeah, the future of the company is mm. in question, and it kind of feels like he's at a point where Ferrari can go either way. It could, it could survive or it could easily fold. Right. Uh, you know, depending on how the year plays out with the race and, exactly. and everything. And that's one thing off the bat I want to commend um, Michael Mann for is, man, we've biopic exhaustion. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> a lot and of them. A majority of these biopics that we've seen, they take, you know, this larger than, these larger than life figures, let's say... Um, Elvis, let's yes. say Napoleon. Napoleon. And they're like, we're going to do this whole guy's life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and because of that, we get a lot of biopics that feel disjointed, that feel mm -hmm. like th these, these time jumps are very jarring. And he made a choice here to be like, no, it's going to be one year of this man's life. Yeah. And I like that. Oh, absolutely. I like that a lot. It was refreshing and it made it feel less like a biopic to me. Yeah. It, it, it felt like... Like a glimpse. Yeah. It, it was just a glimpse into Enzo's life and how this moment in his life affected him so much um, afterwards. Yeah. Because he lived to be, I believe, 90 years old. Yeah. Like a long, long life. And it would have it been insane to cover 90 years of this guy's life in exactly. a two and a half hour long movie. So, exactly. Yeah. So I like the choice that they made there. 
but the opening sequence for some reason wanted to show fucking Adam Driver. Yeah, that was weird. Driving and it just looked like shit. It looked bad. That part looked like the green shit. screen, the the motion capture, like it it, it was and like it looked like they were blending like it looked. I don't know if it was or not. Old but footage. it looked like real old footage. Yeah. And then they just like cut to Adam Driver looking like Snoopy. In the <laughs> you don't kind of look like Snoopy in that. I was a bit um. I was a bit shocked that they introduced that because I saw clips of it on the in the trailer. I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, it's just gonna be glimpses. But it right. was like the beginning of the fucking movie, and I was like, did we really need to see that? To, yeah, because we already kind of knew Enzo was a race car driver sure. prior to it. But regardless of that scene, yeah, that's just a small thing. A small and, thing. And honestly, how long did that scene last? Maybe like a, a minute, a minute or two. So. Yeah. It's a small nitpick, but then yeah, we get into the late fifties, uh, the late fifties, yeah, and we get into this story of Enzo Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, I'm gonna say I I really enjoyed this movie. I think there's parts of it that really struck with me, and it's and will stick with me for the for for a very long time. Yeah, I personally prefer this over movies like Maestro and Priscilla. I'm more on the positive of this. I think you are the same. Yeah, I definitely am. Yeah, so. I think with Ferrari, it's Michael Mann dissecting Enzo in a way that no other film has really done and comments on the toxic masculinity of Enzo during this time frame. Yeah. Because I could totally see that, especially at that climax where everything's happening and this very shocking moment occurs. I think it's the culmination of him having such an ego and being like, no, I have to be the best. I am the best. This is going to work. I'm trusting. Like, I don't care. Death, whatever. Like, you know what right. you're getting into. And then that moment happens. And I remember seeing that in the theater. I heard some gasps. No, it was, yeah, that scene. Holy sticks. fuck. That scene's incredible. It, it definitely, the payoff is there. I mean, you're building up to something. And, you know, when you get that that climax, it's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's it's worth everything. And, and you're like, damn, like you, you really understand the consequences and the stakes of, because that's what I felt. I felt like the stakes weren't building as much as I wanted them to at times. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was a little bit too much going on in his life or like, you know, cause they're trying to cover his personal life. Yes. They're trying to cover the, the problems with, with Ferrari mm-hmm. and maybe that back and forth kind of was disjointed at times. And, and maybe I think there was some pacing issues mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. But when you get to that ending or close to that ending, you really start to understand the stakes, like what's at stake. Right. And, and, and it works, it works really well. And this is look, I have some nitpicks, but it's yeah. far from a poorly made film. Like, mm-hmm. Michael Mann knows how to make a film. He didn't forget in eight years. No, this no. This film is beautiful. Let's talk about the style of this film first. I loved it. I mean, like, uh, I think uh, I think we should comment on the fact that this is not that much of a car movie. Like, when you think of car movies, no. you think of, like, Ford v. Ferrari. You think of, I guess, aesthetically speaking, in, in the early 2000s, the Fast and Furious era. This is not either of those. No. This is this has a different feel compared to other racing films, and I think a lot of people were expecting a car movie. Yeah, which is why I think the reviews seem to be so mixed on this film. Mm-hmm. Right when you when you make it, you know, you, you title a film Ferrari, I think people right. do expect Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And this is not that, but it doesn't mean it's a bad film. No, if anything, like I, I know this might be a hot take, but the racing, especially at night, is some of my favorite because there's no music on it. It's very cool. It's, 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 there's no music. It's just the cars driving in at night, super fast. And I was on the edge of my she- seat because I was like, oh, fuck, this is 
the scariest thing ever. It feels scary. <laughs> it feels like, like these guys are in danger. When other racing scenes in other movies kind of just feel like these guys are just racing and they're competing. Yeah. It, in in this film, they did a good job of making it feel like they're risking their lives. Yeah. Like the typical formula would be the Gran Turismo yeah. of movies where sure. it's just like, I'm the up and coming racer. I'm going to win. And he wins the fucking up and coming racer in this film. <laughs> he doesn't fucking win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's subverting the expectations of that type of genre while also commenting on the fact that like it's, it's dealing with far more disturbing and mature subject matter because yeah. of that with Enzo. But beautifully shot. Yeah, like, I love the the way they make Italy look, and yeah, the way they capture the time. It gives me Godfather Three vibes, like a little bit. The way with the color, yeah, with the color yeah. and those beautiful like Italian landscapes that that they do show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even a, a climax has an opera scene, so I guess that. Yeah. That's oh, it. that opera scene's so fucking <laughs> yeah. good, man! Oh my god! Yeah, I I totally forgot about that, but that really stuck out to me because um, it cuts back to Enzo's uh, earlier life. Yeah, with. Um, Penelope Cruz, which, by the way, Penelope Cruz gives an amazing performance in this. I think she's, Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz are the highlight. She's fucking scary in this movie. Bro. Yeah, she's good. She's really fucking good. She's so good that I wanted more of her, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it's really interesting exploring that relationship and uh, and how Enzo was kind of living this double life, like literally has two families. Yeah. And, um, and what's interesting is that you couldn't divorce in Italy legally until 1970. For real? So he could not get a divorce. Fuck it. Even hell, if man. he wanted to. Even if he wanted to, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I did not know that was like... Yeah, I learned that after. Shit, man. I know. But um, no, the arguments, like uh, the 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 biggest one, of course, with Penelope Cruz and Adam Driver is so heart-wrenching because you understand where she's coming from. Her yeah. own son died and from illnesses and she's like... You have another child? Like, what is what's going of on course. here? Like, and and it's such an emotional peak because of the fact that like Adam Driver is like, I had all the money, I had this, I had that, and that's his ego reaching that height of like, no matter how much money, no matter how much power you have, you can't stop death. Yeah, you can't stop these moments in life where even your closest family members, even your closest friends, they will always lead to this versus the power that you have. And that's I, that's the parts I really liked about Ferrari is this commentary on like toxic masculinity and and dealing with ego, dealing with your own ego and realizing that you can control everything, no matter how popular you are. Yeah. Not even if you're motherfucking Enzo Ferrari. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're right. And that yeah, yeah you're right. The, the the relationship between him and his wife is is amazing, and I did want more of it as well. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's great because you do see her perspective because she's like, you have another son, like what the right? fuck, you're living this life. But you also like, I think you see Enzo's per perspective as well mm -hmm. at times where like, you know, he you could tell like he's hurt inside. Yeah. Like, he's a you could tell he's kind of a broken man at, of at, at this time. Like this is like kind of showing the hardest time of his entire life yeah i would say because his you know his pride and joy was his company yeah and and that's gone or mm -hmm. that that's on the rocks and, on and the could rocks, be gone yeah. mm -hmm. and he lost his son and and he, he's having to, to hide his this other life so i think you know it, it, the pot's boiling and yeah. it's getting to a boiling point right oh for sure and the way he deals with it is just keep moving forward mm -hmm. and he doesn't address the he doesn't really address it much we get one scene with him at the grave which yeah, I think is very nice. That's a good one. But other than that, he's just like, 
you know, the, the driver dies and he's like, he makes, makes up this excuse like, no, it was because his girlfriend's yeah. mom was a whore. Fucking <laughs> like, crazy what, logic. Like, what are you, that, that's Insane. the most like backwards bullshit, but yeah. it's like, he'll do any, he'll find any way to just keep moving forward. Yeah. It's like when uh, the up and coming driver doesn't pass the other guy, the way he describes it is like, you know, two two points can't be in the same distance or, or something along those lines, this weird analogy. Yeah. And they used that in the trailer and they used it very well in the trailer. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the trailer because I think they repeat it twice and, yeah. and bring that back. And well, it, it contrasts really well with his marriage and yeah. the mistress. It's exactly. like, it's it's exactly the same thing. And uh, it's, a, it's a little thing to note by because it's almost like he's teaching these people things that he doesn't even learn himself yes. as the film progresses. And... Um, yeah, I, I the one thing I read, uh, some reviews, and I saw this video of it, and I couldn't believe this guy asked this question to Adam Driver. I don't know if you've seen the interview where there was a Q&A after the movie, and Adam Driver was there, and one of the guys fucking asked him, was like, yeah, some of these uh, crashes seem very cartoony and, and silly and stuff. What, what do you think of that? And it's just like, you're going to fucking ask that question after a premiere with Adam Driver? That's so weird. So you know what Adam Driver what said? What did he say? He's like, I don't know. Fuck you, man. Next question. Good answer. Adam Good Driver. answer. Reason, like, especially like, after watching the motherfucking movie. Yeah. Like, wow. I like, I like that shit. I'm all for actors not having to be like the, you know, give your your PR answer. Like when you get a stupid question, it yeah. deserves an answer like that. Absolutely. That's a stupid question. It is absolutely because of the fact that like even if you're not a fan of the film, why the fuck would you ask that? Yeah, and, and I see a, a complaint is kind of the CG with those crashes. Sometimes yeah. it looks a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, but the 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 effect it has on like the that moment is yeah. is what you have to take away from it. Not that not that the crash looked a little weird for two seconds. Exactly. You know, not that you didn't love the effect. No, it's more just like this actually fucking happened. It did. Like this is an actual thing. The 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 crash itself, the casualties and everything like that occurred. Yeah. And this was during the race. Yeah. Um, which is why I, I gotta say this line because it's one of my it's probably my favorite line of last year, to be honest, because this movie came out last year. Right. It's the part where right after the crash, Enzo is there with one of the guys, and the guy is like looking at the bodies and the damage. And he's just like, you know, every racer knows what's going to happen with death and stuff. And then Enzo takes a deep breath and says, uh, children don't know that. Uh, families don't know that. <sighs> that shit hit. And I'm like, ooh, that like I will remember that line yeah. because of the fact that um, the script itself is really solid when it comes to those dialogue pieces. It doesn't over explain itself. It's, it's like that. It's blunt. I agree. But it affects you because of the fact that that's when Enzo realizes how insane this is that's the human in him yeah. yeah because before that you get the scene where where it's like it's our debt he's he's talking at the table and he's like this is what we chose it's our deadly passion yes i i love that scene too when he's hyping them up and he's like it's our deadly passion it is what it is it's it's our it's our tragic like whatever he says he says some yeah. great things and um and the contrast is that is that yeah when innocent people get hurt he, he kind of is able to to zoom out and be like holy fuck like it's 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 amazing that they do that too because every time he does that he's essentially escaping the notion of death. Yeah. He's always escaping this sense of like death like walking away from it pretending it doesn't exist. Right. That's why even his own son he doesn't brief he doesn't talk about him that much. Yeah. Until the very end which is why it's this is a perfect way to end the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. He brings his other son to meet his uh, 
the son that passed away. Yeah. I love how that ends because it's not your typical way of ending a movie like this. The the most typical way in in many cases would be he wins the race, he gets his money back and then he somewhat like uh you know reconnects with his wife. Yeah. That's like the easiest way to to look at it from a Hollywood perspective. Right. But they went with this because it focuses more on the humane side of him. Yeah, especially when the scene before, like when he's arguing with uh, Penelope Cruz. Yeah. And she's like, while I'm alive, like this kid is not yeah. going to run Ferrari. And then you see him and he like nods his head and you're like, is this guy about to fucking disown his son? Just because, yeah. just because of this company? Yeah. And then after that, you're like, you see him take the son to the grave and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. He, yeah. he, he made the right, like he, he understands. Yeah. You know. I that, I love the way that ended too because I was thinking like how are they gonna end a movie like this because uh, that's the thing it's not a up it's not an upbeat film it is a it is a dark moment in Enzo's life yeah financially mentally physically everything like that you're you're looking at a side of him that a lot of people wouldn't really comment on they would comment on like the flashy version like uh, oh my god one of my buddies was talking about the shitty Lamborghini movie. I never saw it. Oh my fucking God. Like that's a great example of what not to do with biopics nowadays. It's like start Frank Grillo as like the owner of Lamborghini and it's like some directed DVD schlock. And it's like, this is how you're supposed to do it where look at the humanity of these people and see what they learned during this point in time in their life. And yeah, I I, I love the the contrast of like him having to, you know, to just, put his head down and move forward with all the shit that's happening mm-hmm. because that's really what like when you think about like especially at this time period like making cars and making race cars it's yeah. so dangerous and it's hard not to feel like blood is on your hands if mm-hmm. you're enzo ferrari and somebody dies in a ferrari yeah you know what i mean oh absolutely so i love that that contrast and and um it worked really well like the script is well written yeah um, it's well shot. It's just not the driving racing movie people wanted, no. I think. And that's why I really think the reviews are so split. And unfortunately, that's why I think it bombed at the box office. Yeah. You know what the sad thing is? I was looking at the budget. It was like, what, uh, $95 million Yeah. around Christmas time. And it's just like, fuck, man. I know the sad reality is like, Motherfucking 12. Wonka is gonna make more money than this shit, man. And so like, like $12 million <laughs> in the first two weeks. Wow, that's that's so tough. That is tough. I'm glad this got a theatrical release, though. I got to see this in theaters. This is my first Michael Mann film. Yeah, me too. See in theaters. I love that. I love we're in that day and age. But speaking of the script, this was written by Troy Kennedy Martin. And what's fascinating about this is this is uh, it was an adapted screenplay based off the book. Right. But what's even crazier is that um, he passed away in 2009. Right. Yeah. So this script has been around for about 15 years past. Yeah, and yeah. I, Michael Mann actually went for in, into pre-production in this film in the 90s. Yeah. This was a real passion project for him, and I think it shows in, in the attention to detail and uh, the way he, I could tell Michael Mann had an, like, was, is very interested in Enzo Ferrari yeah. and, uh, and showing that contrast. Like, you could tell this was a, a passion, passion project. Absolutely, especially the parts where it's just like, uh, I don't know why, but I was just thinking of his past film's box office and hearing like, Enzo... You got no money. You spent too much. And it's just like, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, Black Hat was 100 million, made like 20 million. <laughs> like yeah. his recent films that he's made have been bombs, but. I really thought this one was going to be different because yeah. of the name, because Adam Driver stock is very high at the moment. That's true. I, I don't know why it's not making too much money. 
like I don't know, twelve million. Like that's fucking ridiculous. It's rough. Like that I, is I didn't rough. expect this to be the highest grossing film of the year or anything, but twelve million dollars. Yeah. God damn. Like yeah. a veteran director, a great cast. Like that's mm-hmm. tough, right? Yeah. I. But, yeah, because like the movie as it progresses, it's a lot more slower than your typical biopic sure. but i love that yeah i wanted to sit back and be like i just i'm i'm so glad that there are just like shots like there's a sequence with uh penelope cruz where she goes to the house and she takes the car oh yeah but they don't they don't do anything super obvious until the very end where it pans to the car in the in the she, place yeah it's like i like moments like that we don't get moments like that in movies this big of a budget i agree for guys like you and me i think that we could find a lot of love in this film yeah but i think for the casual person who sees oh there's a movie about ferrario <laughs> let's go see the race let's go see some sick racing scenes yeah no. i could see how they leave the theater a little bit disappointed yeah. i could see both sides but again i want to go back to like how this has been in production for a long time right okay the first actor to sign on to play enzo ferrari yeah. was christian bale bro that shit fell through that would have been a crazy movie too i think christian bale could have played the part for sure oh absolutely uh, I, it's crazy because he was in ford v ferrari so right. he was wow fuck who was the other guy and then afterwards it was um it was wolverine hugh jackman it was hugh jackman mm. which that's that that one i can't picture no has hugh jackman ever done like a movie like that because I've, I've, I'm trying to think of, like, he's done American accents. He's done, well, of course, he's Australian, so that's his yeah. native accent. But I can't picture that either. I can picture, you know, out of these three, because even though Adam Dar- Driver does a great job, I can see Christian Bale. As Me too. Me too. Yeah, but Adam Driver did a, did a fantastic job. Oh, here. absolutely. Like, I think Adam, just like, he's good at playing Italians. He's, he did in House of Gucci. It was good. House of Gucci, man. <laughs> and he did and he did it here, and it felt very similar. Bro, there was another interview he was talking about where he's just like, "What? what I played two Italians. What's the big fucking deal? <laughs> so like, as well, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> That's so. Leave funny. me alone. <laughs> I mean, the, everybody speaking English with this Italian accent did kind of piss me off at times. I here's what I thought they should have done. What? And this is just a thought, but mm-hmm. I thought Enzo Ferrari did speak English. He did in real life. Mm-hmm. So have Enzo speak English. Yeah. Have some people around him, maybe his wife speaks English, but have some other people speak Italian. Yeah. Like, I think they could have went, like, obviously don't do a full Italian film here, but they could have went kind of a Godfather 2 route where some parts of the film are in Italian. I feel like it would have added a layer of authenticity to this film that that maybe it kind of lacked. Probably, if anything, like, and this might sound weird, but like a lot of films that are like, oh, well, we can't, we it just has to be English because the box office. And it's like, ah, there, there's still that notion of it. I know. Unfortunately, despite the fact that a lot of foreign films, uh, a lot of foreign films made more money than this fucking movie. So it's like, I know. So what's like, the big deal? What fucking makes money these days? Who knows? Um, yeah. But I do agree. I think the one performance that stood out in terms of the accent uh, was um, the mistress. What was her name? Yeah. Uh, fuck. I don't know. I don't remember. No, her name because either. she's been in a ton of movies. Oh wait, wait. She's Cheyenne a great actress. Woodley. Yeah. Cheyenne Woodley. She's a great actress, but I feel like that the the accent doesn't work for some actors and yeah. she was one of them um even patrick dempsey that was a weird one yeah but like patrick dempsey looks like the guy yes. don't get me wrong but like when he started talking i'm like ooh, that's just patrick dempsey <laughs> that's that is not like the uh the the driver from like yeah there yeah. were times where the accent kind of took me took me out of things a little bit mm-hmm. but again this is nitpicks of, yeah, exactly. of a film that's pretty well made yeah, honestly, I'm excited because apparently, despite the box office, he too is coming. 
and they're going to shoot it this November. I can't believe it. It's happening. I can't believe it. I'm so glad that they went right into production on this shit. I'm glad that Michael Mann has has is a, has the opportunity to make another film. Yeah. Because this is a fucking bomb. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, and and I was worried that Michael Mann was not going to get another film again. If this yeah. Bomb. So I'm happy to hear about Heat 2. And I think the namesake, Heat 2. I hope that makes money. We'll carry it through some money. Please because, go see Heat 2. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if you can, go see Ferrari as well. I yeah, feel like this is a, a breath of fresh air compared to, like... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the box office, man, and the fucking Wonka film. Like, I, I know people like it, but just for the namesake, I, I feel like this movie uses the name of Ferrari a lot more respectfully than, like, I agree. a lot I think of movies. Wonka nowadays. just appears to, uh, appeals to a more casual audience. I think, yeah. And that's really just what it is. Yeah, the chocolate factory shit. But, right. like, I. I don't know. I hope he too is great. I mean, like, I, I think the digital technology that Michael Mann's using for the cameras works really well. And my theory is for he too, because it's supposed to be a prequel and a sequel, it shoot film so on cool. the prequel and then shoot digital for the sequel. Ooh, so think of it this that. way. Think of it like Thief, the look of Thief right. in the prequel, and then the look of Miami Vice in the How sequel. How cool would that I'm be? Just, you know, That's a great idea, Michael Mann, man. man. I'm just saying. And I love the idea of he too being a prequel and a sequel. Yeah. I, I think they're. Uh, he wants Adam Driver in Heat too. I just don't know who's he, who he's gonna play. Right. I think he might do Pacino's part, but I, I don't know. Damn. But uh, let's let's look at ratings. How would you how would you rate Ferrari? So, so I'm gonna give this film a a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think it's an easy seven out of ten for me. Um, it's a solid film. I kind of feel a little bit how I felt with Napoleon here. I felt like there's maybe an opportunity to heighten some of these tensions. One of the notes I had here was, I see a lot of parallels to like uncut gems in this movie. Kind of. Where, you know, like Adam Sandler, uh, things in Enzo Ferrari's life here are are just kind of boiling up and he's doubling down on everything. And it's like, he's all in. And, and so was, was it like similar to Uncut Gems. Yeah. And, but Uncut Gems just got this tension. No, Uncut Gems is a movie, if you want to get a panic attack, you yeah. watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I felt, a, I, didn't, I didn't feel like the stakes were that high in this film. No. But I felt like they did a decent job at, at, at building up the tension into this big race. Oh, for sure. And also building up the, the character, the duality of the, that's, that's the interesting part of this film is the duality of Enzo Ferrari and uh, all the responsibility he had and, 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 the way he carried that. Absolutely. I think I'll give a similar rating too. I'll give it seven out of 10. I liked it a little bit more than Maestro. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. feel like the performances hit me more. That dialogue, like I, it, it got me, it got me here, man. It got me in the throat. I was like, Oh fuck man. Like when it deals with the subject matter of death and Enzo Ferrari accepting it and realizing that, you know, everyone's life is precious. Yeah. That's when he takes it into his own hands. And I think that's what the movie's about. It's that's, not about that's the arc, yeah. Yeah, it's not about winning the race. It's not about being the greatest. It's about understanding people and understanding one's limits. Yeah. So and that changed racing for like that race never happened again. No, arena. yeah. That's insane. It was like a old, like long standing race. And it never happened again after the events of this film, which I didn't even know happened until I watched the movie. Yeah. That's why I was extra shocked. No, it was fucking nuts, man. When that when that scene happened, because of just how the music stops. It yeah, just they happens. use silence so well, right? Yeah, it, it's just it it happens so quickly too, and it's just like it. That's what it felt more real um, to me was just how quick it was, and just the execution of it all. I'm like, damn, man. it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
the moral of the story is this is a film worth watching. Absolutely. If you get anything from this review is that you should see Ferrari and form your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you rank this in Michael Mann's filmography real quick? It ain't it ain't Thief. It ain't uh, Heat. Um, I'd probably put this around the same category, uh, well, for my enjoyment at least, as like uh, Last of the Mohicans. Collateral? Uh, yeah, Collateral. I would put it around that category. It's still fucking great. Me too. But in terms of Michael Mann's greatest... I th- I think I think we're waiting for the greatest to come soon. Yeah, I think this is his uh, the last biopic he did was Ali actually. Oh yeah, which I I think is just as good as this. Like I put them side by side. side. Hell yeah, man! These are equally good films and equally good uh, deep dives into the lives of these people. So I think it's it, they're they're great. Good stuff. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for watching this yep. episode of the Real Talk Podcast. Don't forget to leave a like, comment, subscribe to your boys, and check out those YouTube memberships, baby, oh, yeah. and that Patreon. We'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Brush your hair. Peace. Peace.